Hello, Assalamualaikum. Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslim Speaks. It is so good to be with you guys. We are still in the last couple days of Ramadan and I am really, really happy to bring this last part of the four-part series that we were doing, Taking Back Our Life. I am going to be revealing some of the most um, life-changing advice that some of it I got from others, some of it I found out for myself through um, a lot of <laughs> trials and tribulation, to be honest. And I feel really grateful because the advice that I'm going to give today, uh, which is the the culmination of the the previous three podcasts up until now, and it's it's moving into the solutions of how we can take back our life, but from the perspective of science and the sunnah. And I don't often see this, which is why I feel it's so interesting to share with you because. We always hear the Islamic perspective, we hear like the non-Muslim science, logical perspective, but rarely do we see it in the space. Like we're not sometimes sure what to take and what to leave and what would be Islamically appropriate. So I did the hard work for you guys, no worries, and I'm going to give it to you uh, today, inshallah ta'ala. Um, I'm going to give you, let's say, six things in science and six things from the sunnah. You can choose to take or leave or just use part or use all, but I wanted to give all of these for you because sometimes what will work for one person will not work for another and therefore you're going to have tons of things to choose from and that way you'll have the most chance for success inshallah I just wanted to remind you that we are also on the web www.mindful-muslima.com I'm working on getting a lot of um, articles up there for you and blog posts up there for you because I have I do have a collection of them I just haven't been able to put them up so a lot of some of the things you've been hearing will eventually go up there in, um, in written form so you can have them in print and you can also share them as well with anyone else that could benefit inshallah ta'ala and we are also on instagram if you want to reach me ig um, is the best way other than the voice messages here dming me on instagram is a way i get a lot of requests so please don't feel shy reach out to me there i'm also on facebook and uh, twitter and um, inshallah ta'ala don't forget to check out my youtube channel after ramadan i'll be putting up a lot of new content so don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell okay jumping right in so um you know just remember like i said in the in the previous podcast we spoke a lot about the prefrontal cortex and it's the region of our brain that really enables us to control our emotions and so this is not just like a whole bunch of, um, you know, just hope, hoping that we're doing. We're going to, we're actually, there's some science in what we're doing in, in our, in addressing here. And we're going to kind of address that prefrontal cortex from the science perspective and the sooner perspective. Our goal is to get a hold on the part of our brain that actually allows us to be um, more in control of our emotions. And that is the goal. Now, I want to suggest if you have not heard the three um, podcasts before this one, do not really listen to this one. Jump back and hear the other three before on taking back our life because it'll make a lot more sense. I gave a lot more information on the science uh, perspective and the Sunnah perspective and it all kind of leads up into this podcast so I would suggest that to you though first. Okay, so from science, uh, from the science perspective first in terms of the solutions for controlling our emotions. So scientists have found that the left part of the prefrontal cortex is associated with anger and aggression, like strong emotions, right? We've talked about that before. Now, if this region is switched off, and we do have the ability to do it, we are consciously just paying att attention to our actions, then we can actually change our mood and reaction. Now for a lot of women, I mean men as well, but I'm just speaking because we're women, it's a women's podcast. Um, for a lot of women, that's something that would be really powerful if in a moment of anger, 
we're about to like spew a whole lot of hatred at someone that maybe we care about, but we just really can't contain our anger, frustration, stress, whatever. It could be loved ones. It could be our small little children. It could be our husband. It could be our parents or just friends. It's really, really important that we don't embarrass ourselves and harm our relationships and just be a horrible example. So these are things that are super powerful. So the first suggestion that science tells us is it shows that science talks a lot about the benefit um, of focusing on breathing, actually just literally slowing down our breathing. Because when our body is pumped up and we talked about all those, um, you know, the different endorphins that are going through our body and all the different chemicals that are being released, right? So we have to kind of slow everything down and actually physically slowing down our body, especially through our breathing, is one way, you know, because the, the catecholamines or cholamines um, make us just do the opposite. We're trying to slow it all down. So we're going to just like take a lot of deep breaths and breathing because as we continue, continue to do that, it will naturally slow a lot of internal things that are happening with the body and therefore calm us down mentally as well. So the breathing is something that science definitely talks about focusing on. The second thing that science talks about a lot is changing your space, changing your position, the benefit of that, like removing ourselves actually from the stimuli or the thing that actually triggered that strong emotion. So sometimes it means walking away. You ever heard about that? Like go take a walk. It's actually true. It's actually extremely beneficial. Um, it could be something as simple as just leaving the room and going into another room. I mean, me personally, I find as soon as I step outside into air, into the sun on my face and different things like that, I instantly feel better it's amazing without even doing more than that I'm not saying I don't ever do more than that but I'm saying it definitely gets the process um jump-started so if you have small children I know that's hard sometimes you can't leave the kids if they're like screaming and crying and making you frustrated it might mean just going into another room even opening a window and just feeling the breeze on your face changing your position science or your or removing yourself from that space is something even science talks about um number three empathy. We talked a lot in my, um, I mentioned it in the, one of the previous podcasts on this series, but also if you go to my toddler tantrums and how to handle small children, I referenced that also in the previous podcast in this series. So there's something about empathy that will get you from one part of your brain into another part, from the lower to the higher part. Um, cause we don't want to stay in that reptilian brain that is extremely reactive, right? So the same way children, it helps them to feel empathy when they feel really horrible and stressed. It's the same thing for adults. I mean, have you ever had a horrible day at work or school or with the kids, right? And told somebody about it? Why did you do it? To vent or be heard, or maybe just to have someone listen and say, subhanAllah, that's so horrible. I'm sorry that happened to you, right? We may not realize it, but that's kind of why we do it. If we, if we can have a conversation maybe with our spouse about the importance of comforting one another when the other one feels stressed out, and maybe make a pact about doing that instead of doing the opposite, which we sometimes might do with our spouse or with our family members, that like are responding like contrary to that, like it, it'll help so much more in in diffusing our anger. I know, for example, for myself, my older daughter and myself, we have this pact. And as soon as we see like the signs of one another, a frustration or extreme stress, 
we kind of forget ourselves for a minute. We understand that the other person just needs empathy right now. And so you can even train your own family and your own children and start to model it for yourself as an adult. If you model it with the children, you'll be surprised how much the children were to start to do it with one another. Like if I model it for my son, I watch him do it for my, you be like, oh, come here, sweetheart. I'm so sorry. You hurt your head. Let me see. My son does it for his daughter, his, uh, his sister, which is my other daughter. So subhanAllah, it's really a great practice in the house for everyone to empathize with one another. It actually diffuses the anger. So if you can get that kind of thing going, science definitely backs up the, um, the extreme importance of empathy. And number four, writing. Many psychologists mention that writing out feelings does something to release tension. I even have a blog post on my website about how I journal regularly to keep my mood high. It's something similar. So yeah, definitely try writing to see if you can end up venting your emotions out and it can calm you down. Having a notebook handy and and maybe seeing if that'll work for you. Um, Number five is EFT tapping. I'm not going to say a lot about it here because it's a whole thing in itself. Some people swear by it. Some people say it's nonsense, but it's definitely something about the energy meridians and um, that might be of interest to you. So there's a lot of science talk about that and, and how that can really help you to control your emotions. Definitely Google it or look it up on YouTube, EFT tapping. Number six, Scientific studies prove that harboring anger long-term can cause ulcers, stroke, and even heart attacks. You know, we need to remind ourselves that not getting a grip on our emotions is not really optional. If we truly care for the ones that we love and we, we want to care for them, we'll care for ourselves. We want to enjoy life with them and not leave them and be a burden to them or, you know, just not be able to to spend our life with them. So I think it's something we really should take seriously. And science really has proven that stress especially can exacerbate any... Um, any sickness or disease we already have in our body as well. So these things are really, really critical. So those are about the six things in science um, in terms of trying to find solutions. And I think number six was more just like keeping um, in mind that this is something that is really real and that fact that we have to um, take our health seriously by getting control of our emotions. And sometimes it's just reminding ourselves of that can sometimes snap us out of that for a moment. Okay, now I'm gonna switch into the sunnah. What is the sunnah saying? You're gonna see a little bit of overlap, which is really cool because because, um, you know, like I said before, the Sunnah came 1400 years ago when some of this modern science and technology wasn't available. So to see how some of the practices are similar or they back up one another or they're aligned with one another is super cool to see. And, you know, it gives us really good confidence about um, what our dean says about how we can take care of ourselves. So the first step, first of all, just say it. I'm going to put it as a number one, but there's a lot of this taught in the Quran in so many places, but I'm just going to kind of sum it up. The first step is to stop feeling hopeless. Our, our religion teaches us that hopelessness is something that no Muslim should ever feel. Hopelessness and despair stem from a lack of confidence in the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, God is in control. Even if we feel out of control or we feel miskeen or we feel helpless in ourselves, Allah is never miskeen. Allah is never weak and hopeless, right? And out of control. He is never in need of our help. We are always in need of his. And he's always right on time and in control. So we should rest assured that whatever is happening to us is not without a brilliant plan behind it and complete divine purpose. So just keeping that in mind. And Islam tells us that over and over in the Quran. Number two, dhikr. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, taught us that shaitan or Satan perches on the heart of the believer the same way a bird uh, perches on a branch. 
the only thing that drives him away is the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So making that dhikr, a'udhu bilay min ash-shaytani rajim bismillah, subhanallah, even if you don't know Arabic, bismillah is very easy to say, subhanallah is very easy to say, over and over. Now maybe the first two to five times you're not going to feel it, but believe me, if you keep saying it over and over, especially if you're raging upset, it definitely will slowly diffuse your anger. Kind of something similar to that that breathing technique. You're just like, Bismillah, Subhanallah. So it's just like calming your down, yourself down, slowing it down, and making that dhikr. Yeah. Number three, the Prophet, peace be upon him, just like the science, like I said before, about changing the space and the positions that was actually taught to us back um, then as well the prophet peace be upon him told us if we were standing to sit and if we are sit sitting to lie down literally changing our positions because we need to shock that prefrontal cortex into to change right through action um so this is something you'd see even also in the examples multiple examples of the prophet peace be upon him he um he would he would do this um in his in when he would get upset um, number four, keeping silent. Another thing that we have seen constant example of by the Prophet, peace be upon him. If you're having an argument, it is better to be the better person and realize that nothing good comes from petty arguments and keep silent. If somebody is angry, they usually often like lose control. They might say things they, they later regret. So the messenger, peace be upon him, said, if any of you becomes angry, let him keep silent multiple multiple times in the quran and sunnah the prophet peace be upon him was like totally uh, treated horribly almost killed screamed at had had like organs of camels like thrown on his back while he was praying just horrible horrible things just did humiliating things he never responded in anger and lashing out and it wasn't because he's weak you know people might think oh look he accepted that no he had complete control of his emotions and he knew that there was a time for response and there was a way for response, but it wasn't, you know, with this fit of anger and reactionary behavior. So that's something really important because if we're silent, sometimes we could realize it's better we were silent because if he would said what we were thinking right in that moment, we could really, really ruin some important relationships. Sometimes you could even lose your job, right? If it's, if it's a boss or a coworker. So be really, really careful and try to zip that lip, hold your lips tight, walk away, say something later after you've cooled down. And um, this is something completely encouraged in the Quran and being patient. Number five, uh, this one has really, really been helpful in my life. And it's, it's kind of, I don't know if everyone has heard of this one, play, pe- playing Surah Al-Baqarah when like there's um, fighting or anger within the house. Funny story. I mean, I've been using this one for years. Now, I told you guys I have five kids. So when my oldest, some of my oldest ones were teens. Now there were three of them that were teens all at once. And then we had a toddler. And if anybody knows about like the biology of, of children, teens go through a lot of um, chemical changes, you know, as they're going and turning into adults and toddlers from baby to you know, a child, there's a lot of, so there's a lot of like whining, thrashing tantrums. And for children, it happens with the body. With teens, it usually happens with their mouth. Like they tend to like lash out and say all kinds of things because they're extremely self-centered. And it's something that goes with the biology and the, you know, just like the, the life changes that happen at that time, like totally normal, right? But not so fun to deal with, especially when you have three teens and a toddler. So you can imagine that there were, you know, some emotions running high on a regular basis in the house. It was a bit tough. I had to really know how to control my words, especially when they were saying things that might be harmful or hurtful. Not because they meant it, but because like literally they were going through chemical change. It's totally normal. And if you haven't had a teen yet, then you'll see. But I mean, and if you have had a teen, 
You totally know what I mean. So anyway, after a tough exchange of words, I would play Surat al-Baqarah in the house. It never ceased to cool down all of the anxiousness and tempers of all the people. And my, my kids now, after a while, they know. They just hear it. Go, they're like, oh, mom's playing Surat al-Baqarah. And subhanAllah, the Quran is a remedy. And if you find a really nice recitation and you play, play through the house, it just soothes everyone in the house. And that's really, really helped. So number five suggestion is doing that, playing Surat al-Baqarah. Number six remind this is the last one remind yourself of the consequences of not stopping your anger i mean allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the quran in the sunnah several times about the people who are this way or that way and what happened to them mostly they had strong emotions like anger arrogance they would harm other people physically these people were never without you know suffering consequences and there's accountability in the quran we believe in accountability so reminding ourselves about these lessons in islam you know, the last podcast we spoke about how it can make us, um, the, the consequences of, of not controlling our anger. I did a whole podcast on this. If you look back at that one, if you just remember and remind yourself of the extreme um, accountability and responsibility that we have, like even for parents to our children, we don't want to be a horrible role model where a child sees us always raging and lashing out at people. They're not going to be any better than us. They're just going to mimic us. And that's not something we want, right? Everyone is a shepherd for their sheep. So we can ruin entire marriages. We can ruin our relationships at work, within our community, with our neighbors. And then we have to live next to those people day in and day out. It's just, just doesn't make for a happy life. So reminding ourselves the consequences consequences but also reminding of like of like relationship wise but also reminding ourselves that not getting a grip on our emotions can really ruin our chances for real happiness in our life and in islam we understand the the oppression of anger and the fact that 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 like putting this down and suppressing this anger pressing this anger is a key to serenity to peace if we can't do it we're never going to find that peace because our emotions are constantly raging up and down. So Islamically speaking, as long as we don't um, you know, give in to that and we endure with patience and we put controlling our emotions as a priority, we'll never... Um, we'll be able to find that peace, you know, and without doing that, we're never going to find it basically. And I know it might seem challenging, but it's definitely not without great reward in this life and in the next. It's definitely something that is possible. We're told it in the Quran, it's possible and the sun it's possible. So just reminding yourself of that is really key. And lastly, this is not science and this is not sunnah. This is just my own personal two cents. I just want to say that I feel like as Muslim women or just Muslim in general, we sometimes, we just need to think a little bit more outside the box. They're just so many different ways to do the same thing or find a solution sometimes the problem is we get stuck in our ways and what's comfortable we can't feel like things will get like fix or change any other way we start to get hopeless we tell ourselves a lot of horrible negative things so i mean we just need to think outside of the box and we just need to stop with that internal dialogue that is negative i can't this is never going to stop oh my life is never going to change like stop talking to ourselves that way and start looking for those solutions that sometimes are right under our noses, but we just get stuck in this monotonous, just like day in and day out, this grind where we just don't change our regular um, reactions to things and we don't challenge the way we react things. We need to really just keep more conscious. Okay, bonus tip, bonus tip. I know I didn't mention in the beginning, but I'm gonna give you one bonus tip on how to deal with people that, um, that yell at you and they're shouting in anger because that's the other thing like go to bed when people are angry with you so if they are fire be water try this one out it often makes the other person look kind of silly 
and not look so great. Not that we're trying to harm them or anything, but we are definitely trying to stop people from harming us, right? So when you're extremely patient and someone's like crazy yelling at you and angry and you just like they're just chilling like, hey, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm," it makes them kind of look a little bit crazy and obnoxious, to be honest, right? And but when you go back at it with them, um, you know, on the opposite and you go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, it actually makes you both look crazy. (laughs) And, um, you know, who knows who's going to win the word war in the end. Um, and in the end, when you're just the one who's quiet, you're going to find that they start out really loud, like, and then slowly they lower their voice to get to your level because they can hear how loud and crazy they are. And they kind of tone it down. I've done this several times. It is so powerful. This move is so powerful. So I suggest you try it out next time you do have someone who is being difficult with you as well. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this series. If you have any other suggestions for other types of series or topics you want, please continue to send them to me. I really, really enjoy hearing them. They give me great ideas. And um, a lot of women, sometimes they suggest the same ones. You wouldn't be surprised. So thank you so much for listening, guys. I'll catch you in the next podcast inshallah ta'ala assalamu alaikum rahmatullahi wa barakatuh